Welcome to my Latinx life. Join me as I journey to learn, educate, and highlight Latinx leaders in a comfortable setting similar to your mom's kitchen. We'll explore a variety of topics with guest and reoccurring host. I'm your host, Joe Redondo, and this is my Latinx life. So welcome here to my next episode of My Latinx Life. I'm your host, Jared Ondo, and today we have Christine Rodriguez of Girl Collective, who Hi. will be joining us. Welcome, Christine. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me, and I'm really excited about this episode. I've kind of been uh, nervous about it all day, just because I still get nervous about interviewing people, because I'm <laughs> not the type of person who enjoys that. Um, so There's yeah. I'm going to be nervous about this. It's going to be fun. Well, you're the pro. Um, we'll get into why you're the pro because let's just be honest, you're killing it right now in the game. And we'll kind of talk about that and why we brought you onto the show and our whole adventure. Um, so question number one, and we'll just kind of remember this is just an open, honest conversation. Please feel free to be your most authentic self. Use whatever language you feel need to. If we need to have an explicit episode, I would love to do that. That's the way that I feel comfortable. So you're fine. Don't worry about it. Perfect. Uh, Um, So if somebody asked who Christine is, how would you answer that question? How would you tell them who you are? Yeah, Christine is, (laughs) I feel like this is always a hard question and I should have like a prepared answer for this, but I don't. Uh, No, Um, I mean, it's like a dating profile. You have to put something, not that you would know that, but like a dating profile, you'll, you have to put something and everybody's always like, what do I put there? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I am an entrepreneur. I am a, um, girl who gives a fuck and I am a person who really cares about a lot of things and about others. I'm also a wife and a daughter and a sister and a friend, and I am an intersectional feminist. That is an amazing way to introduce yourself. So yes, you should use that and have that prepared for all your other interviews that you do. Um, I'll be more than happy to send you the, you'll have the audio because you'll be on the podcast. So you can just have your amazing. Yep. Um, So Natalie, um, if you're listening, make sure to write that down, just jot it down, have it prepared for her. I'm sure she'll appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Natalie is our amazing PR girl. She is wonderful. Our PR queen. Yes, she is amazing. She is very, very friendly, very, very nice. And I'm really excited. And hopefully the plan is to have her on the show as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because you are both doing work that is kind of unique and individual. And that's really the whole point of this whole podcast is it's comfortable where I'm literally sitting in my kitchen, like I told you. Um, And it's just conversations about people who are doing amazing work in this world that are making changes. So, yeah. Amazing. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about identity and how you identify, because most of the people on my show are going to be people of color, specifically Latinx people. And I use the term Latinx because I am a queer brown man of America. And so I use that term because I interview people that are Latinx. So please use the terms that feel most comfortable with you and how you identify in this world if somebody was to ask you that question. Yeah, I identify as a female, also uh, Mexican-American, so Chicana, um, Latina. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Okay, perfect. Chicana, which is interesting because I've, you may, if you've listened to some of the other episodes, Chicana is a very interesting term. That's a West Coast term because you're here on the West Coast. So if you're on the West Coast um, and you don't know about Girl Collective, you really should because you're just really missing out on some great content, number one. Um, amazing merchandise and just an all around great. Uh, if you follow their Instagram is really where I follow most of their content. Uh, they're doing some amazing work on their Instagram 
um, talking with great community members and people that they enjoy and just really building up that amazing girl collective brand. Um, so you're the founder of girl collective. Um, we're going to start up. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, so if you haven't followed her, all that will be in the show notes. So please make sure to go follow Christine and the amazing work she's doing. Um, and you're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, correct? Yes. And TikTok. And TikTok. And TikTok. Oh my goodness. How did I forget TikTok? Because that's what keeps me up for four hours every night before I go to bed. Um, Same. Same. I mean, I don't know what people do when they say they just go to bed. Like, I'm like, I would really be interested in how you do that. Like, how does your life work? I try my best to like, it's hard because TikTok is such an amazing platform. It's also a huge time suck for anybody like you're saying that enjoys it. It's just like, it's so hard because TikTok has really helped us grow our business. But mm-hmm. I also know, you know, when I go on it, I'm like on it for a couple of hours and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I needed to spend that time doing setting up an email or packing orders or mm-hmm. responding to my production person or responding to the PR person. Like, so it's hard because I want to be engaged on there it just sometimes is like you know it is it does take up that extra few minutes or hours that Mm -hmm. you need in the day (laughs) to get everything done so um I've been like feeling so guilty because I haven't uploaded content in like a week and that's so unlike me um but (laughs) following on TikTok is bigger than any other platform and so I do feel like a need to do that you know so when I don't upload like videos for a while I'll do like lives because I could do that in the moment and like it's still engaging on there you know um but yeah TikTok is the best (laughs) yes because you don't just watch like you're like oh I'm gonna watch for five minutes and then like five minutes turn into two hours and you're like Mm -hmm. well I'm not getting that back I guess (laughs) and (laughs) but you're like I'm on this whole new line of TikTok and how did I get here um, I don't know, but I enjoy every bit of it. Yep. Um, I, I always kind of feel bad for the people who have boring TikToks. They're like, my TikTok's not that interesting. I'm like, you really yeah. need to spend more time on there um, and fix that <laughs> algorithm. Um, I'm going to send you some people, follow these people. They will allow you to build your brand. Thank you. Yep, um, you're exactly. welcome. I know. It's like people don't understand that it's feeding you based on what you like. And so mm-hmm. it literally should. Like all half of my stuff is like um, mostly like, I don't know, brown and black creators, women mm-hmm. um a lot of things about like the latino community and like ma latina moms <laughs> oh yeah also a lot of small businesses mm-hmm. um and then yeah i just i feel like there's a lot of con and then like finding people that have these like stories that i'm like wow now i'm so invested you know like you find so many different kinds yep. of people on there and i feel like that's why it's such an amazing platform because it really opens your eyes to what else is going on not only in the states but also internationally like some of the so stuff true. that I found on TikTok, I'm like, I had no idea this was even going on, you know? Yeah. So I think it's such a great, it's such a great conversation starter and also a way for people to share their truths and their stories and to not hold back, you know? So true. So true. I agree a hundred percent. I will agree with, those are all the things I'm also in, on indigenous TikTok, which I am really oh my God, becoming to love. Oh, wait, I, have, uh, I follow so many indigenous accounts. Oh, so many. And I'm just like, oh, this is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy I made it to this TikTok. TikTok, and then every once in a while, I end up on like, sorry, straight TikTok, and I'm like, this is boring. What do y'all? I don't, I don't get it. I'm sorry. Like, I'm like, okay, this is boring. I don't. I, I don't understand I'm it. barely on straight TikTok <laughs> sometimes. Like, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like, I'll I'll venture. I'll, I'm like, okay, where's hot guy t- TikTok? I need to get back there. That's where I want to be. Like, I did not mean to go down too far down this road. 
And so, um, yeah, so that is our TikTok conversation. Everybody now knows that we are horrible TikTokers just like every other millennial. Um, So don't think that just because we, because Christine sounds like she has her life together. I pretend that I have my life together most days. Um, That we are not just as much as um, in trouble like the rest of y'all. So just know we're there with you in the same boat. So we can get through this together, guys. Um, So yes, let's get back to the brand and why you're here, Girl Collective, and this amazing brand that was started as part of a, a trip to re-energize yourself it sounds like back in 2017 so you recently did an interview with AS podcast so um while you don't need you're more than welcome to share your whole story um but i would also tell my listeners like please go over there and listen to her amazing story because they really bring out and allow you to share your story in a really authentic way that i really loved listening to thank you yeah that was definitely um i like when the podcast formats like yours are a little bit more like fluid with the time like okay we can, it's an hour to an hour and a half depending on how the conversation is going you know which i like because it really allows me to just like talk you know it really allows us to just talk and it doesn't feel like yeah. sort of time restraint you know which i think is a cultural thing also like i never just go to like when i get invited to a party and there's an end time i'm like i don't know if i want to go to this party <laughs> Like, I don't want somebody telling me I have to leave. How rude. Yes, exactly. Yep. Uh, And like, that was like a weird culture shock coming. While I love being in Seattle, I grew up in Texas and I moved here and they were like, okay, we got to get there by 630. I'm like, okay, just swing by and pick me up at eight. They're like, the party's over at eight. I'm like, excuse me? Who? who, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know who you think I am, but I've never showed up to a party on time. That's gross. No, no. Nobody. Like, I don't understand why anyone would. I was like, do I look like my theas who are here to help set up? no yeah no 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 I definitely it's funny because I obviously have like a mixture of friends Mm -hmm. and only like (laughs) the only people that ever come right on time are usually my white girlfriend and they are the only people who are here early on time and I'm like wait Mm -hmm. why is it why are you guys here like you're still getting ready that means 4 45 or 5 yeah I'm like I don't even have things being delivered (laughs) yeah I'm like everything's not even here yet why are you yeah, here food's not ready i'm still getting ready like mm-hmm. what is why are you here yeah and they're like what can i do i go i don't know stay out of my way because i still got a shower um, i know please. i know i know <laughs> And I mean, I love my white friends also because they are trying their best, but I'm like, okay, y'all are going to have to learn about color people time. Let me teach you. This is, if there's anything yeah. I can teach you about my culture is we're going to be late. Yeah. We are going to show up with 16 other people that were not even on the invitation. <laughs> And somebody will take all the leftovers. I was like, there's no reason to worry that you're going to have too much food. Somebody will take them. You will be fine. Yep. That reminds me of my wedding because we did my wedding. Me and my husband got married in our backyard. Mm -hmm. And we like redid our entire backyard to get married back there. And my grandma was like, she's like, are you going to send the invite on Facebook? And I was like, no, grandma. Like, (laughs) no, no, no. no. The invites are going to go out. And she's like, okay. And then I had like RSVP cards because that's what you do at weddings, you know? And she's mm-hmm. like, well, we should have extra seating just in case, like, some pe- like people bring ones. <laughs> and I was like, this is, t- at this time, this is 2019 on the card yeah. says who exactly is invited. You're not allowed yeah. to bring anyone else. She's <laughs> like, oh, but you know, like, your theater or something. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If, pe- if extra people show up, they are not allowed inside. Like, that's, that's <laughs> We don't time. physically have the room for them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. I'm like, Grandma, I know that with regular parties, like, yes. Yes. Show up and bring God knows who. But for yep. a wedding, no, no, no. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I've always told myself, I was like, I'm okay if I get married. I don't care about the ceremony. I don't care about any of that. The only part I care about is the, the party after and that it's in a big enough venue. Yep. I'm like, that's all I care about. I was like, also, like, I just want to have a party because I want the presence. Yep. Because um, <laughs> as a man, it's like the one time in your life, we don't get bride, like, we don't get baby showers. We don't get bridal showers or anything. I'm like, a wedding is the one time that I get to tell everybody what I want and That's they're expected true. to buy it for me. That is very true. Weddings are honestly the like I feel like weddings are obviously what you make of it and like when mm-hmm. my husband and I we had been together for almost 10 years before we got married and we've lived yeah. Our home now here in Downey for eight years, and mm-hmm. we wanted something that was like small and intimate and like very us. Yeah. And so we had a very, I would say, a very traditional <laughs> Chicano wedding because yeah. it was very, um, you know, like we did it in our backyard. We had mariachis. Um, oh, great. Or we did a whole photo shoot with a lowrider and like drove around with <sighs> a lowrider. I love it. Um, and yeah, we had tacos and and uh palomas and margaritas and um beer and tequila (laughs) of course and micheladas and Mm -hmm. that was pretty much it and for dessert i'm very upset that i don't live there and we weren't friends at this point because i'd been like i'm here let's get on (laughs) it was honestly so much fun and i think like again it's always you know it's it's what you want to remember that day and i think like i'll always remember how all of that felt being able to incorporate my culture and and my family and you know all these things that meant a lot to me like mariachis you know Mm -hmm. really remind me of of my grandpa and both of our grandparents his grandma as well who both of them have passed and so that was something that was super important was like a non-negotiable like we will yeah. figure we will cut budget <laughs> Where, but we were having catchies, yep. you know? Um, I so I think like there were just certain things that I was not willing to bend on. And a few of them were basically the mariachis, the photographer, whom I was a Latina photographer that I knew from high school, who's amazing. Yeah. And my best friend surprised us, my maid of honor surprised us with the lowrider because I really wanted a lowrider for the photos and I just yeah. didn't have time to like find somebody and do all that stuff. And so yeah. we finished um, with like the ceremony and stuff. We're supposed to go take our photos. And when we walked outside in the front yard the lowrider was like waiting for us and it was incredible <sighs> well shout out to her way, way to be a great friend yes. um so all my friends if you're listening and i ever decide to get married and i ever go down that road these are things i expect i, I expect surprises and i expect them to be things that i want yep so. exactly uh. and it's funny because like i definitely i think i grew up with lowriders a little bit more than my husband did yeah like um <laughs> You know, I probably, I don't know if he, he really grew up around lowriders, but I think like yeah. it was just my family was very into tattoos and lowriders and, you know, stuff like that. And so yeah. I grew up, I got my first tattoo when I was 17 years old at my house during a tattoo party. Uh, <laughs> Why not? So, oh my goodness, I relate to that on such a, I wanted, I remember the first time I went to a tattoo parlor was with my dad and I was 12 and we were in Austin and he was getting a tattoo. Oh my God. At some, was that at somebody's house? No, it was at a party. Parlor. Like my dad went to a parlor. Oh, wow. uh, so and he called ahead. He was like, hey, I want to bring my son. He's 12. Is it OK if he comes? And they're like, if you're OK with him being in a tattoo parlor, we're OK with him being here. He just needs to stay there with you. 
Yeah. And like, of course, like as a Mexican, like I knew like if I'm there with my dad, like I'm not supposed to be doing anything else and I need to be within view because I yeah. didn't, really don't want to get my ass whooped when I get home. And um, sitting here silently not touching anything. <laughs> right. I'm going to put my hands in my lap. I'm just here <laughs> sitting here. Please let me know where I need to be. If I need to move, please yell at me and I will be yep. okay. Yeah. Um, but they were like, yeah. And so I went with him and I remember I was like, I want a tattoo, which I'm also deathly terrified of needles. So it's like a weird combination of oh, things. Me too. And I have four tattoos. So. Yeah. So I have six now. And um, my family always was like, you were never the one that we thought would get tattoos. Yeah. And my mom's really the only person in my family, immediate family who doesn't have tattoos. Everybody else other than my youngest sister now all have tattoos. And I've always wanted one. And I wanted one so bad. But my mom was like, until I have a diploma from high school, and you move out of this house, you don't get a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that was the worst. My family does as well, except for my younger brother. Um, But yeah, I my mom has quite a few and has since I was young and so yeah. we would you know we would go to the tar- tattoo parlor with them and then when they started becoming friends like my parents became friends with tattoo artists yeah. then they would just come over the house and we would have tattoo parties and that's where I got my first tattoo was because everybody it was like you know you signed up and like my yeah. <laughs> it was like me my best friend also <laughs> just turned 18 the same girl I was talking about the lowrider yeah she turned 18 so she got one with her sister who was definitely not 18 but I don't know how that happened and then my mom consented for him to give me one when I was 17 yeah um, but like yeah you just would write down what you wanted he didn't speak any English we you know my oh. my stepdad like spoke Spanish to him yeah. and I don't speak Spanish and so we were just like hopefully this works out and I'm saying what I mean and my stepdad <laughs> is helping with you know the conversation but yeah it was definitely it's like hilarious when I think of it now because I'm like oh. I don't know anyone's since that's had tattoo parties um oh no i grew up family yeah. <laughs> No, so my dad did tattoos for a little bit when we were younger, like on the side from our house also. Uh-huh. Um, and my, my, so my parents had me their senior year of high school. So mm. I'm very, like, we're very close in age and since. And so I remember my dad's 30th birthday and my mom had one of their good friends come over and do tattoos. And they, him and a bunch of friends got tattoos. And I remember that. And the guy who did my, my dad's tattoo, which is a picture of a woman on my mom, uh, on his forearms that very much resembles my mother. Uh-huh. Uh, I was like, I want him to do a tattoo. And then when I turned 21, that was my 21st birthday present to myself as I had him do a custom made tattoo for me. So that was kind nice. of a cool thing. But yeah, no, I remember getting my first tattoo when I was 18. I had already moved out the house and I called my parents. I was like, hey, I want to come over for breakfast. And I came over and I was like, um, I got a tattoo. They're like, where? How little is it? And I like showed them and it's like on the back of my calf. They're like, oh, that's much bigger than we thought you would ever get. Yeah. Uh, I definitely don't have any big ones. I'm still scared of me. Like, it's like, obviously, tattoos don't feel like a shot. Thank exactly. God. But oh, yeah. it still is like, a, you know, sort of, it is a little painful. But I mm-hmm. think it's so funny that like our parents, you know, having tattoos and then still like not being super thrilled about us getting tattoos. Oh, yeah. No, my dad was super cool about it. My mom, not. But even my great grandparents had tattoos. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like, that was the weirdest thing because like your great grandparents, like, because I was lucky enough to know all four of my grandparents and I knew three of my great-grandparents nice. and like two of them I remember the first time I ever saw them like my great-grandfather he was a rancher so like he always had like long sleeve button-down shirts on and wranglers uh-huh. and the first time I saw him like working at a hospital he had to have like a heart cath and he was in a hospital again and I was like he has a tattoo on his arm and my mom was <laughs> like have you never noticed that and I'm like he's always had long sleeves I didn't I've never seen my great-grandfather's arms why would I have known that he had tattoos mom like that makes no yeah. sense to me yeah. I'm like wow you are a lame mom you're the only one without tattoos <laughs> 
Yeah, I I trying to think. My grandparents did not have tattoos. Um, I feel like they were they were more old school. Yeah. Um, but my yeah, definitely everyone after that. <laughs> oh no! Even her parents have my mom's parents, my grandparents, my maternal grandparents. They both have tattoos, but they were also they drove Harleys when my mom was younger oh, and used to leave crazy. and things like that. They were total. Yeah, our family's so weird and crazy. <laughs> Um, but yes. Okay. So as we keep just getting totally off, I'm so excited that it's just vibing. Um, because, um, so yeah, you started the brand in 2017, but it really has this podcast is my Latinx life. So it is, it is my Latinx life. And this is what it is. is Our crazy lives are getting tattoos at our houses and, um, And I actually, I you know what? I do have a tattoo for my house. My brother um, did tattooing for a whole minute and I have one on my upper thigh and it's the, the tattoo I have with my best friend. He has the exact same thing on the opposite thigh. Oh my God, um, amazing. And yeah, my brother did that. And let me tell you, all the years of bullying him definitely came out in that tattoo. Um, <laughs> ooh, did it hurt? Is it finished? Nope. It because like he, uh, no, it was a tattoo machine. Like, no, my, okay. uh, my brother had like a full on machine and everything and he came over to the house and did it. And yeah. And it's on my upper thigh and it's a yin and yang sign and it says best friend in Latin. Um, and I mean, I'm not a little guy, so my thigh is fairly large. And so it definitely, it hurt. And I'm not going to lie. It's still not all the way shaded in because my brother has one of the heaviest hands I've ever had a tattoo. (laughs) I was like, it's good. The people who are going to see it are not going to be that interested in that part of my body anyway. So I'm okay. Um, so yeah. So you launched the brand in 2017 because you were coming back from India after quitting your job and yeah. having a whole eat, pray, love kind of situation. It kind of sounds like. Um, yes. Yeah. Going to. I, yeah. I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, that trip, that trip happened and I quit my job because. I was testified against my abuser in a public case. And so mm-hmm. um, my abuser was actually my stepdad, who was oh. just talking about speaking Spanish. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was my stepdad for 15 years. And so it was just a very difficult family situation to go through, speaking of families. And yeah. um, so after that, it was definitely, you know, we spent so much time with his family. And my mom had been with him since I was three. So, yeah. you know, it was it was difficult after that of the fallout of everything basically and like so for me I thought you know I need to turn this bad thing into something that motivates me and darkness into light situation and so yeah. that's when I found the Symboli Trust and that's when I went to India and um, yeah it was funny because it was like my friends were like is this your eat pray love journey I'm like I'm yes like I absolutely felt like I was falling into depression I felt like a yeah. I was just you know so I think like it really I really felt like I needed to do this for myself and you know it's led me to this amazing start this brand and all of these other amazing things that have come with it so it was you know all for a reason yep and I will say uh thank you to the universe for taking Christine on this amazing journey because now we have this amazing brand and now I get to meet Christine and get to interview her today um while it did come out of a you said a rough situation like it was out of a you testified against your abuser 
culture and that ultimately had a huge impact on your relationship with family because you basically were ripping families apart and putting wedges where um, honestly nobody wants to put wedges in a family yeah yeah. and so and you need to take yourself out of that so i think that that's really important because i think a lot of time as latinos we don't do that very well we don't take ourselves out of those situations and we just say hey we're gonna march on it's gonna be okay and sometimes it's not sometimes you need to step away from that situation and allow yourself to recoup and allow yourself to really come back energized and you came back energized full of energy rip roaring ready to go it sounds like (laughs) yeah and i think i mean the reason that i'm so open about sharing what happened and what led to that point is because I do believe that you know within our families and within the Latino community like yeah. this happens a lot you know there mm-hmm. there's a lot of abuse happening and I think the more that we talk about it the more people realize like oh okay that that it's happened not normal and yeah forward and figure out how to fix this and I think you know I've had a lot since sharing my story I've had a lot predominantly Latinas reach out about being abused as well and being as children and being abused by family members and some of them you know coming forward and some of them not but I think like it really is sucks and is sad that you know like you're saying like driving wedges like tearing the family like it sucks that the victim always has to be the person to take that the brunt of that you know because at the end of the day like the conversation should be that like he was tearing apart the family you know and he driving these wedges not me you know and so I think that like that's part of the benefit of having these conversations is like okay how do we look at this from the perspective of what if this was your daughter what if this was your niece you know like how would you feel then and so I think like I think that this happens way more than people want to realize it's I think in the US it's still one in every four girls one in every six boys Um, and when I went to India I went to India because in India it's it's even worse there it's one in every two kids and that's crazy yeah it's really crazy so I think like yeah just having conversations about it and making it I had never heard anybody talk about abuse as a child before um, before my trial and so going through things where now it's been a little bit more normalized like Ellen opening up about it um mm-hmm. you know, different celebs sort of sort of opening up about it um yeah. has been is like healing in a way because you know okay this I'm not the only person that this happened to um yeah. and this is how I can move forward is by healing and talking about it instead of you know brushing it under the rug or pretending like it didn't happen yeah and so you do keep in touch also with the people over in India because you you annually make trips back yeah. other than this year because you know Miss Rona really came for all of us and ruined all of our lives in 2020 um as if as if 45 hadn't already ruined our life um miss rona came for us also um so i love that we can also talk about politics because you're also very political and open about that so feel free to interject anytime you want to um There will be no opposition from my side. Um, I do not. I do not hold to the American standards of we don't talk about race, religion, and things like that here. We talk about all that here because that's important. And if we don't talk about it, then nobody will. Um, Yeah, yeah. So we go back to India every year. Um, This year, this would usually be the time where I'd be prepping to go again. Uh, I try to go, and it's not so hot because I made (laughs) the first year of going when it was extremely hot. <laughs> unbearable hot um and so every year since i go later and later like things yeah. be cooler and cooler um and so <laughs> and you're like nope still warm yep. just not as warm <laughs> yep last year was probably like the best time we went and i think we got back uh like we went the first week of november i believe last year okay um but the first year i went out in august 
Ooh, that's monsoon season, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why I know that is ridiculous, but I'm I love that I did. It was all around so hot. You know, the rain. Only one time was there like a monsoon, like pouring rain out of nowhere. You know, all the stuff. But um, but yeah, it was extremely hot, and obviously out there, it was very much of a culture shock to not be able to like wear what we wear here when it's really hot outside. You know, shorts, tank tops, dresses. Um, but instead be like more way more covered up and like wearing leggings underneath your dress and um, make sure your shoulders are covered and you know scarves and things like that and so it just definitely was like very much a culture shock and made me just like lose my mind some days <laughs> I was like I do not understand why we have to put on these clothes that are sticking like the leggings were what really got me because I was like this is stuck to my skin and I have to peel it off at the end of the day because I'm yep. sweaty like this insane and I remember being like when I was out there like fuck the patriarchy because it sure as hell isn't women who invented having to wear (laughs) leggings underneath your dress when it's 120 degrees outside you're like I know we didn't create this (laughs) I know Um, that's exactly how I feel about Groundhog's Day no god loving brown or black person came up with such a stupid holiday um And people are like, you can't say things like that. I'm like, really? Name one brown or black person that would have come up with a holiday, Groundhog's Day. (laughs) Nope, that's so true. I'm like, that's a dumb holiday. It is. Uh, I'm like, that's a dumb holiday, but we can't celebrate actual like people. But whatever, that's another fight for another day. Mm -hmm. Um, And since then, you came back and you really launched this brand. You still give back part of your proceeds from all your items go back or some of your items go back to. I'm sorry. I just want to clarify that. Yeah. So 20% of all of our items. So 20% of our proceeds um, go to funding the Girls Education in India. And then we donate $5 of our Black Lives Matter um, Lucha Tea. Sorry. Of our Lucha Tea to Black Lives Matter. And then $5 of our kids Lucha Tea to Raices in Texas. And Mm -hmm. then also came out with um, the Erica Munoz mug, which was in honor of my sister. Um, that do- also donates $5 to Raices. Exactly. So yeah, every all my listeners, um, anybody that's also a listener that is coming from other channels and things like that, please make sure to go check out Girl Collective. You can start shopping for Christmas, guys. We're officially in spooky season, which in my mind kicks off shopping season um, for the holidays. Um, even though those presents never make it all the way to Christmas, I'm like, I, have, I bought you something. You just need this now. Um, <laughs> so that is my downfall also um so yeah you've been on an upward movement since then 2020 has really been really great for you but i really want to talk about a little bit more about some of the integral parts of your business specifically that your mom and your grandmother were very integral to the beginning of this and still are it sounds like a big part of your group yeah and yeah. the company yeah so my mom i would say my mom my grandma and i have some friends and my yeah. um so my grandma most so my mom is actually ceo of um um, CCEE, which is a nonprofit that helps with financial literacy for um, brown and black communities. And so she is mostly busy. Um, yeah. But she has, she does help on weekends um, when she can, when especially when we've been super overloaded. Um, and my grandma, yes, my grandma helps a lot. Before COVID, she was um, helping once a week. And during COVID, when we've, you know, been as safe as possible, and I don't think that there's any like uh, possible threat to her, I will go 
pick her up, bring her over, and we pack all day long um, orders. She'll basically tissue wrap everything for me, and my mom has done the same. Um, and then, like, today, my husband helped me for a couple hours in the afternoon when he had a break to get a lot of the orders out today. And then I have a lot of friends who have really stepped in to help me since the beginning of Girl Collective, even before stuff yeah. started to blow up and stuff. My friend, like, one of my friends, Vanessa, would come over and help me make the earrings. Like, I taught her how to make the earrings. <laughs> Um, and one of my friends, Vince, he has helped a lot from photo shoots to pop, yeah. set up pop-ups, especially because he's a boy and like can help me carry all of the stuff. <laughs> It's so wonderful. Um, yep. And yeah, so I've had like, depending, because usually I'll post about it, like if I really need the help or I'm you yeah. know, desperate. Um, and then my friends are like, I can bring over a bottle of wine and help you pack or like, let me know what you <laughs> need. Or, you know, my friends who yep. are working from home who can't necessarily like come over, like, is there anything yeah. digitally? Like, let me know. Um, when everything sort of went crazy, when the Lucha image went viral, my yeah. friend Alyssa even like, she was helping me check all of my DMs on Instagram because... <laughs> I was like, I cannot, it's just so much going on yeah. right now. I, I literally can't do everything. And so she did that. My friend Nicole helped with customer service and was like doing customer service for that whole week for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's like everybody has kind of, which has been so awesome. Like I really do all of these friends that have helped, like I, I do not take for granted. I know how integral they are to what has become of Girl Collective. I, you know, if they ever want to work at Girl Collective full time, like I, 100% plan on hiring and paying everybody. <laughs> And even, you know, like people like Natalie, who's our PR person, as we talked about, like her reaching yeah. out saying like, hey, I want to help you, you know, just it's been such a huge part, like a huge part of Girl Collective is the community and friends and family really yeah. just being out and saying like, how can I help? How can I be of service? Because we literally would not be here without all of that. <laughs> Which is a good reminder to, um, to listeners and to people who join us today. Um, you need to have people in your life that are going to support you. Um, yeah. If they're not going to support you, you should probably get rid of them because they're probably probably not that great anyways let's just all be honest let's just call it out as it is um it takes a community that means takes a community and to help you but it also like you're part of a community and you should also be supporting your friends and the initiatives that they have so um shout out to all of christine's friends shout out to christine's mom um big shout out to grandma uh thanks for coming out keeping it real (laughs) wrapping things for us that's what grandmas do to the husband we assume that you're also important uh husband um as I know today you're getting groceries so shout out to the husband for feeding us um um, bad and alive I tell him I'm like everything when it's like when it's you know very crazy days which seems like it's every day lately um, I just I don't remember to eat or I'm like even today I'm like okay I had breakfast because I woke up at six and by eight I had a little moment and so I made us yogurt bowls and then in the afternoon I'm like I don't have time to make lunch because I have to finish packing these orders (laughs) so I will buy like my snack things that I know that I quickly eat and like yeah. grab and so like the um salami with cheese little like cigar looking things you know yep like, yep go to that yep. I ate today for lunch um, <laughs> <laughs> keeping it real guys just keeping it real of that with like some fancy like truffle almonds or like almonds and like some peppers and hummus um yeah like my go-to lunch because mm-hmm. I can eat my hands and I can mm-hmm. also be on my phone or be on my computer eating the stuff with my hands um, exactly <laughs> 
Why not? Like he cooks dinner every single night and is such a saint about that because I don't have time. Usually I'm working until, you know, I'll take a break for dinner, but I'm Mm -hmm. on until nine or 10 this morning. I'll still be on until nine or 10 and I got up at 630. So it's, you know, he, without him, I literally tell him, I'm like, I would just be eating um, salami cigars and popcorn (laughs) and that'd be it. Yep. So, so big shout out to the husband, um, recognizing and supporting strong women doing straight, amazing work. Um, so just make sure to any of my amazing male listeners or those who identify as males, support the strong women in your life because you never know, they might be building a brand and you might luck out and be able to attach to one and (laughs) almost have a nice sugar mama situation one day. You never know. You never know. We're not here to shoot that down. Um, being a kept man is not, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you go grocery shopping you cook dinner enjoy yourself build your own self up he always says because like him telling me that i could quit my last full-time job because they were terrible towards the end and me being like okay you know thinking that i was gonna find another job and then the pandemic hit and so i couldn't and so really just like going girl collective full-fledged and him supporting me in the meantime like he always says like that's my investment like that's this is my retirement plan yes I will help you. I, you know, that's my investment. Like this, my, I believe in you. And like, you know, I, one of these days, like I'm going to be able to retire. Yeah. And you're going to have this booming brand. So great. Yep. Yep. I agree with that a hundred percent. So while, yes, it is a joke that you should be okay and you can be a strong independent man also, and also have your own brand, but support the strong women in your life also guys. Like you never know, like they are going to surprise, like they could surprise you. Um, even though I think most men are not surprised by the strong women in their life there, I think most of the time we're very aware that women are strong and really run the house. Let's be honest. I think with strong men like that, it's like, you know, guys that they're attracted to the drive, they're attracted to the Mm pattern, you know, that's an attractive trait and I think 100% with my husband and I like it was very reciprocal like both of us found that attractive attractive in each other and I'm sure there's a lot of couples like that you know it's like I don't want somebody who's like there are some people you know who are like I'm I want to do this and that's what I'm doing for the rest of my life and him and I were kind of like well I have this idea and like something I really (laughs) enjoy and it's not something that's conventional like for either of us you know me wanting to do radio and him being in radio and being a DJ like that was not conventional and um, our relationship probably has never been conventional because of that because we're both in entertainment because we're both traveling Mm -hmm. a lot etc and so I think like when we first met he I remember he did tell me like part of what I'm so attracted to is your passion and your drive and your will to just not like sit and let things be like you always want to you're such like a doer yeah and I was like ooh, and that (laughs) And like, okay, sir, talk dirty to me. Thank you very much. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, him saying that even made me more attractive. Like, I was like, oh, you noticed? Oh my god. <laughs> sir, sir, you need to calm down. You need to calm yourself down. You done already won. Exactly. Ooh, exactly. yep. Yeah. So shout out to him. Um your husband, he got a DJ name that our listeners should also know about. Yes, his name is his DJ name is Disco Drew with a K. D I S Disco Drew. Um yeah, he's on uh he's on Sirius XM. Um, okay. Global's globalization station. Yeah, he's I mean, so. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay, great. Um, we'll look up some of that. If I have any questions, I'll ping you or Natalie and we'll get some direct <laughs> contacts and things like that and be like, go listen to him too. So um, yep. yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, you've really built this model and you're using a lot of your friends and it sounds like you're open and you're really striving for that idea of once the pandemic starts to wane down because our lives are always going to be changed. I equivalent this to like many things, like our lives are going to be changed a little bit because of the current pandemic. Yep. Um, but it sounds like you want to build it into a, like a full-fledged blend of brand, sorry, of bringing people in, having more paid employees on your team, really building the brand into this all-around kind of wraparound. So um, congratulations. And we only wish you the the best. And when I say we, it's me and my listeners, me and the people that I influence and that I interact with on a regular basis. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I definitely, this this is the first step in in building the team. And and we have a small team now um, that has just happened really in the past like month Um, And actually, we're working on like revealing this all on social media um, in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, we have Natalie, who's our PR girl. And I say girl, PRL. Um, (laughs) I, of course, thought that. that Correction, everybody. If you're listening, that's when we say girl on this show today. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) Yes. So we have Natalie, who's our PR girl. Um, We have Dominique, who's our social girl. Um, And we have Darnie, who's our production girl. Yeah. And it's just, you know, them all coming together my dream was always to have a team of women specifically women of color who come from all different backgrounds um to make this brand even better than what it already is because I just I think that the different perspectives and the different experiences are so rich and they bring so much you know joy and and liveliness to the brand um and so I hope to continue to make things that resonate obviously with Latinas because I am Latina and also all women of color. Um, so yeah, that's like my dream for building this this bigger team. Great. Um, sorry, I was muted myself so I could take a drink of water for a second. And then of course my mouse wouldn't work at that exact moment. Welcome to, you know, being in a small house. Um, no, a hundred percent. And I think that that's amazing. Like I'm so happy that, yeah, you've taken off. So that really leads us into the next kind of vocal point. I'm so happy that this is just vibing so well today. Join us next week where Christine explains how a brand that she had been working on blew up overnight and she gained thousands of followers just over one little sleep. Remember, follow us on Instagram and Twitter for updates on the show and like and share with your friends, with your families, with your coworkers because we love to have people here listening and leave us a good rating on whatever platform you're listening on today. Thanks.